0: is the Victorian Country Hour with Warwick Long on ABC Radio Victoria.
1: Well, what a day to return widespread rain across a large part of Victoria. It leads to concerns over floods rising in parts of eastern Victoria as the rain starts and doesn't stop falling. It's raised concerns for many of those river communities who were flooded at this time last year.
2: The night was terribly anxious. We had sort of no sleep, just kept refreshing that, kept refreshing the, the bomb, the radar.
1: But as you know, as I know, rain doesn't mean the same thing to everyone, everywhere, all at once. For thirsty crops in northern Victoria, this event, well, it could be the making of the season for many different farmers across the state.
3: And the tens and even to hundreds of millions of dollars worth of of grain uh extra grain will will be out there or has been avoided from being lost with such a season defining rain
1: so which is it for you or are you sitting back in western victoria right now down on the coast maybe thinking i didn't get anything tell us what it's doing for you don't worry about just the figure. The figure's great. Love the rainfall figure, but also love the meaning behind it. What does it mean? How are you feeling? Are you in a good position with this rain? Are you concerned as well? We're going to speak to people in all of those positions and a whole lot more today on the program, as well as go to Elmore where the field days are on. I was there last year and it was raining. And it's doing it again this year as well. We'll have all of that and more today on the Country Hour, but we better start with the important stuff, shouldn't we? Go to Lacola, the site of major flooding at the moment. Dane Martin's the general manager at the 5,000 hectare Glen Fallick Station at Lacola. It's a massive property. It runs along 25 kilometres or thereabouts through the McAllister Valley. So, You'd have a fair idea on what's happening up there. We caught up a short time ago while he was in phone reception because that's tricky in itself. And I asked him what the last few days have been like.
4: Well, up until yesterday afternoon, you know, there was not, not a not a cloud in sight. A little bit of smoke haze, obviously, from the Briagolong fires, um, but everything was dry. Look, it, we'd even seen a couple of the our lagoons absolutely bone dry, and um, it started raining at about four would have been about 7 o'clock, and it's, it hasn't stopped ever since. So um, now we've got all the dams are overflowing. Uh, some of the intermittent streams are flowing again. Uh, and uh, the McAllister River is running a banker. So uh, we've gone from very dry conditions to um, very wet conditions overnight.
1: So where, where are you sitting now? What does it look like?
4: Well, I've, I've pulled up the only reception I've got is up at uh, the Coler Bridge at the the township there, uh, so I'm sitting there looking at the um, the river go, uh, going underneath the bridge with all the debris that's being brought down from our upstream, uh, there's logs and branches and all sorts of things hitting the bridge, um, it's currently, uh, it's still rising, I think we had 140 odd mills up, up in the catchment last night and it's still raining, so we can expect the river to increase in, in volume and, and it might tip over just the uh, you know, past a major flood, I, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, the bureau's now got the the issue of a major flooding uh, at Lakola. What does that? What does major flooding mean for for that small township and your property?
4: Uh, the township should be quite all right. Um, what will what, happen for us is we'll probably lose some fences, etc., that are down along the valley the valley floor. Um, we may lose a, a dam bank or two if it just if it can't hold the quantity of water. Um, all our livestock are up, you know, on high ground, so that's that's fine. Any infrastructure we've already pumped the petrol we pulled out of the river, so we'll just sit and wait and see what happens. Um, uh, we, you know, after the events passed. I guess um, the the worry would be if the if the Lakola bridge, um, the township fails because it's only got a, a wooden pile on. Uh, so it won't take much, you know, uh, 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 some debris to bank up on that, and then she's gone.
1: And that's the that's a big concern for Lacola too, because you don't have many roads in and out, do you?
4: Well, that's only the only access to the northern northern part of the, of the valley, and further up to Glen Can, um, up, up up to Tamborita. Um, a couple of the school camps are up there, so yeah. Look, it's um, it's. Um, Yeah, really quite, um, it could be quite devastating.
1: And as you said, you you had some some areas of the farm drying up before this event too. Can you believe it's turned this quickly in this one event?
4: Oh, it's uh, unbelievable, I I, I guess. uh, You know, we we haven't had a great deal of rain um, in the valley there since um, the start of the year. Um, It's been very, very dry, um, but suddenly the the whole, it's Obviously turned around it might be a bit too late for some of the the um annual grasses, but um, certainly for annual will kick on again and we'll we'll have a bit of a season out of it
1: so so there's a definite upside to to such a big deluge
4: oh yes, you never know, you shouldn't really complain about rain.
1: <laughs> um, and also, uh, in terms of the preparation, you mentioned you got to move your things, like your, your pumps, etc., and your cattle are on high ground. So, you had enough warning before this event was coming.
4: Yeah, we did. Yeah, we, and it's just it's just a matter of gauging how bad it's going to be at the time. and I think you know being uh, forewarned is being forearmed, I guess, and um, uh, yeah, it just minimises the impact to us.
1: And as far as rainfall, have you been able to check the gauge? Do you know how much you've had?
4: Uh, probably over 100 mils, I suppose. Yep.
1: And when was the last time you had a uh, rainfall 100%. event that big?
4: Uh, I was trying to think this morning when I got up and looked out the window and saw all the water laying around the, the river r- rising rapidly. I, I, we had a rainfall event here. I think it would have been about oh, 18 months ago. We had 200 mils up in the catchment, and uh, that was a, a quite a major flood for the valley. Um, and uh, very dynamic it was it, um, it took out bits of road and all sorts of things so um, you yeah, know we may be looking at the same thing was
1: well it's been great to get the update from the Lacola Bridge from you today anyway Dane stay safe and, and good luck with the rest of the event
4: thanks very much
1: uh, it's Dane Martin who's the manager general manager at Glen Fallick Station 5,000 hectares 12,000 acres uh, 25 kilometres through the McAllister Valley probably has well, the best view of the wettest part of Victoria right now, but there are certainly other wet spots as well. Plenty of your text coming in. Leo says, "G'day, was eighty millimetres, well, more than eighty millimetres so far at Gundowring in northeast Victoria. The Kiwi River has just broken its banks at our farm. Only nineteen millimetres for September." Gosh, so you've had four times that in one event now, haven't you, Leo? He says, this rain event will make this a perfect season for us dairy farmers. Have done a heap of silage so far with a few more paddocks to go when it finds up. Never cut for silage so early in a season before. I started in mid-September. Cheers, mate, says Leo. Leo, amazing information. Thank you for that. Stevens had... 55 millimetres at Epilock, great top up for the tanks and dams, 12 millimetres this uh, fall, uh, 15 for September, uh, 225 for the year at Murrayville for Kelvin, a bit drier there compared to some of the bigger figures, Uh, Birchup, uh, Bart only had 18 millimetres for this event as well and a similar amount as Kelvin for the year too, Uh, some great Details coming in here. Tim at Walbundry in Southeast Riverina says 23 millimetres so far, still raining. High rain looks to have gone west of us, but it will be worth dollars for our small farm. Rain can now add one tonne a hectare to cereals and half a tonne a hectare for canola, as well as better quality uh, in brackets, lower screenings just. Uh, won't want it again in November, December. Incredible information. Thanks, Tim. And another Tim, this time at Toon in Gippsland, says it puts us back in the game. Too late to add extra yield to winter crops, but crops should fill to potential. That was set, assuming average temperature till harvest. will freshen up the clover and permanent pasture, but too late for fodder conservation, as normally expected in our part of Gippsland as well. Great info, too. You can keep that coming. 0467 842 722. If you want to send us a text, let's go to farmers not enjoying. This amount of rain coming down right now. Concerns are once again being raised in the Goulburn Valley about possible flooding downstream of Lake Eildon. Farmers who recently presented to the flood inquiry and have previously threatened legal action against Goulburn Murray Water due to their management of the water storage during the flood event 12 months ago and now frantically preparing for more flooding as we speak. Ed Meggett runs the Goulburn River Trout Farm and has been out in the paddocks today dealing with another large deluge. I spoke to him a short time ago.
2: No oh, worries. We're at Thornton, just below Lake Eildon. Um, we've had 120 mil out of the event so far. It started raining about 6am yesterday morning and has not stopped. Uh, it's been relentless. It's, the system just has not moved east. It's just pummeled us in, in, the, in the mountains on the northeast.
1: Firstly, what does it mean for your farm? You've got the, the Goulburn River Trout Farm there. You've got a lot of fish to look after. With this much rain, what does it mean for you?
2: Warwick, uh, last year we saw this uh, flooding event, October the 13th, it's October the 4th, October the 3rd, 30 years ago. Yesterday was the anniversary of the 1993 floods. It's devastating for us. Um, we are going to have to try and hold these flood waters back. GMW has to release. The lake has gone up. There's about 60,000 megs came in in the last 24 hours. I think the, the current, the, the instantaneous inflows are about 100,000 equivalent inflows, uh, which means that tomorrow we'll be at 100% if there's no change in release. I think GMW is in with SES at the moment and they are going to have to flood, they're going to have to release. What they release, whether it's 20, 30, God help me if it goes more than that. Um, We'll be uh, we'll be flooded again.
1: So more than twenty and thirty means fish losses yeah, saw, and damage at your place. We saw
2: thirty-eight thousand last year, and it, and it completely uh, flooded one of the farms. Uh, we lost thirty ton of fish into the river, um, so it was a very bad outcome. We've 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 done twelve months of work to try and rectify that with with new uh, new with some 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 new infrastructure. Uh, We hope we can sustain 38,000 this year, but uh, that's a very big flood. That's uh, caused a lot of grief last year down the Golden Valley.
1: How are you feeling right now, Ed?
2: Oh, the night was terribly anxious. We had sort of no sleep, just kept refreshing that, kept refreshing the the bomb, the radar. You know, it's it's pathetic. For the last month, the, the, the gauge on the Rubicon River Has been out of operation so we couldn't see the rubicon there was no gauge working on the golden at doherty's so we couldn't see what was coming into the top of the lake you know honestly it's it's such amateur hour and and we go back three months we've been talking to gmw since february march this year saying you are taking us to another flood your you, you, your 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 modus operandi is to take the lake to a hundred percent. That's your target. On the first of October, you leave no flood space, no no flood cap, uh, capacity there to absorb a flood. And bang, you know the big rains come in October, November, and here we go again. I mean, I really the board we've spoken to the board, the senior management, you know. They really do need a renewal. They need a different plan. Uh,
1: what are you hoping to hear from authorities or see from authorities now that this event is unfolding before us?
2: Short-term Warwick, we're just in survival mode. I mean, they're going to have to—they're going to have to release some big, big water out of Eildon, um, and we just have to try and survive that. <laughs> Out of that, look, we've put submissions into the parliamentary inquiry. We've done all these things. People have to hold the GMW board to account. They're supposed to flood mitigate. It's in their responsibility. It's in their charter. They they don't. All They focus purely on irrigation. We're the same people, the same people that irrigate, the same people that use this water, the people who are going to get smashed in the next 24, 48, 72 hours.
1: Uh, well, we can put some requests into Gold Murray Water and authorities on your behalf. But Ed Meg, what's your next twenty four hours look like?
2: Ah, uh, we've we've got big flood pumps being moved. They're they're in position now. We're 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 getting them running and started. Flood gates have been stopped. So we 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 we, we just hope that the infrastructure all holds. But the water outside the farm is going to be a metre, metre and a half, and inside the farms, and it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a tough situation because we have to keep moving water to keep the fish alive, keep oxygen up to the fish. So, it's, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough, tough gig for the next uh, forty-eight hours or longer.
1: And I can hear the rain falling behind you at the moment. It hasn't yeah, stopped yet.
2: Standing in a shed and it's coming down again. You know, it's just. It's it, it sort of drifted to showers earlier this morning, but it's teeming on the roof in the shed that I'm standing in at the moment.
1: Good luck, Ed. We're, thanks, we're thanks. pulling for you. We're hoping you don't have a similar experience to 12 thanks, months Warren. ago. And
2: just please hold them to account for us. See you, mate.
1: Bye. Thanks, Ed. That is Ed Meggett, uh, who is from the Goulburn River Trout Farm, Downstream of Lake Yildon at Thornton, I did contact Goulburn Murray Water given the concerns raised by Ed Meggett about the management of the water storage. Uh, they sent through a statement with quotes attributable to GMW Water Resources Manager Mark Bailey. It reads, and I uh, quote, Lake Yildon has received significant inflows from the recent rainfall. GMW is adaptively managing releases from Lake Yildon in response to rapidly evolving catchment conditions with a focus using available airspace to reduce the potential peak flow from a storage spill without exacerbating impacts from downstream tributaries. GMW is working closely with the Bureau of Meteorology and State Emergency Services to inform their flood preparations and response. The Bureau of Meteorology has already issued a moderate warning for the Goulburn River with the rises recorded in the tributaries. Uh, People can stay up to date with the latest flood warnings by visiting the Bureau of Meteorology's website. End quote. Doesn't really answer a lot of the questions raised by Ed Meggett, but that is the statement in full for you to do with what you will. You're listening to The Country Out Warwick along with you on the program. Plenty of your texts coming in and your thoughts coming in on the rain uh, as well. Uh, This one from Hayden says, after a forecast range of 40 to 60 millimetres yesterday and for today we had 8 millimetres overnight and reduced forecast this morning of 10 for today, still a nice top up for irrigated winter crops. Uh, 42 millimeters on the hill at Barham though for Wayne. Uh, this one, 66 millimeters near Merbu North, and still falling. Probably about twice as much as I'd like in one go, says Bruce. But it'll be sweet in a few days as well. Uh, And Jeremy says, 60 millimetres in southern New South Wales. Uh, Jeremy's at Mullamine. Great finishing off winter crops, although a little late for some with yield potential reduced by preceding rainfall deficit. It's not so good for the hay that's on the ground. Keep up with those messages. Loving the interesting uh, takes on this. This one says, kudos to the bomb. Good four days warning. Getting it right. Our cattle and sheep are all high and dry, says Casper. Uh, as well. Uh, G'day was 88mm back of Birai. Giddy up, matey, says Padge. Thank you for Padge. I love your turn of phrase. Uh, Pete's in Dookie. On G'day, Peter. Good afternoon, Warwick. Uh, How much rain at Dookie? 80mm up to 8.30 this morning. Jeez, that's a lot. You've got a few hills <laughs> at Dookie. How's the ground <laughs> held up?
3: Um, Yeah, well, it was... um. I was, I was walking out to water this morning at um, my house, but um, that rainfall figures out my parents are uh, farm at Cosgrove, so it's only five minutes away, so it wouldn't be much difference. But uh, yeah,
1: yeah, bit, bit of water around. What's that going to do to the parents' place?
3: Uh, It'll um, it it be good for the crops. We we're looking for an inch, so. Yeah, inch or two, but yeah. Have, have three. <laughs> or two or three, yeah. <laughs> three. Brilliant. No, it, it's fine, but um, uh, all good lead-in for the Dookie show uh, at the end of this month.
1: Oh, there you go. That's why you're on the talkback line as well. What's your date for the Dookie show? Uh, November the 4th. There you go. Saturday before Melbourne Cup. Saturday before the Melbourne Cup. Peter, thank you for that. Seymour show this weekend. I know because I'm heading along to that one as well love a country show uh let's get back to the weather though 90 millimetres at Merlu for miller 53 and a half for barry at Kyabrum. uh we've got 120 millimetres of rain near sale is el nino over already says a tongue-in-cheek g uh 68 millimetres at Durham ox fantastic says d uh and 44.5 and at Chilton, still raining. 22.5 at 9 a.m. in Witchyproof. 2 millimetres prior to that, as well, says Kevin from Witchiproof, Thank you for that. And uh, Clyde. Well, Clyde, I knew you'd have a big figure for us out at Bright. 131 millimetres since yesterday morning, still raining near Bright, following an exceptionally dry September. This is actually our best rainfall event for all year. That's. Single event. The Ovens River is well up at Bright, with a huge amount still to come down from the mountains. Says Clyde, keeping uh, that uh, those figures coming in as well. We'll get to as many more as we can. Love to know not only how much how much has fallen, but also what it's doing, because it can have a huge uh, make a huge difference at this time of year, or it could also. Uh, you know, lead to some problems as well. And many of you, I'd imagine, would be dealing with some of those problems uh, today too. Would love it all, the good, the bad, the ugly, and whatever you're excited about, 1300 or you can text zero four six seven eight four two seven double two for crops. They could still benefit from the rain. This rain has come at a... At a- brilliant time, especially since it was so dry uh, through September as many of you are pointing out on the text line. Brad Knight from Geo Commodities was chatting to Angus Verley on the Rural report this morning and was asked just really to put into monetary terms what it could mean, uh, this rainfall to areas like Northern Victoria. This is what he had to say.
3: Yeah, look, absolutely and yeah, the tens and even to hundreds of millions of dollars worth of, of grain, uh, extra grain will, will be out there or has been avoided from being lost with such a season-defining rain across uh, southeast Australia, really, which isn't over yet. It's still um, occurring today in in the Riverina, which they'll be looking for very much so. Uh, But yeah, the rain across the vast majority of the the Mallee and Central Vic uh, was was, season-defining and fantastic. Uh, The Wimmera received some reasonable rains. It has been a bit more patchy in the west of the state, so... Yeah, whilst there's some that have done really, really well out of this rain, there's others that, that it might be season-defining uh, in the other direction, uh, unfortunately. Look, the season's still pretty good, though, in most areas, but it, has, it is getting a tough finish uh, without this rain.
1: Season-defining is a beautiful catch-all topic for the good and the bad, isn't it? But really fascinating to hear Brad Knight's take there. 107mm uh, Dutson near sale for Christine. As well, uh, we've had a spot of rain here in Cobram East, 93 millimetres, says Daz. Daz, I noticed on my little Facebook page uh, today, uh, a lot of people writing to me that uh, 80, 88 millimetres, 90 odd millimetres around that Strathmerton through to Cobram, catamatite area as well, which is just fantastic to hear. I think we even had 134 millimetres come in from Tolmy and still counting from Lorraine as well. So huge figures coming through. We'll keep an eye on it imagine we're going to hear a little bit more about what it's doing to areas of Victoria right now. William Howard has regional news headlines for us this afternoon. Let's cross to the newsroom now and find out a whole lot more. William, good afternoon. Good afternoon,
5: Warwick. Making news. The Bureau of Meteorology has issued a n- number of flood warnings for rivers across Victoria. 150 millimetres of rainfall has been recorded at the McAllister River catchment in 24 hours, causing rapid river level rises. This has prompted authorities to release 10,000 megalitres of water from the Glen Maggie Dam. A moderate flood warning is also being issued for the Buffalo River downstream of Lake Buffalo and the Goulburn River upstream of Lake Eildon, while flooding is also likely at Euroa today. Authorities have confirmed two large fires that destroyed 20,000 hectares at Briagalong and Locksport were not started by fuel reduction burns. The fires are at advice level after more than 69 millimetres of rain on the Briagalong fire at Mount Maunipa. Authorities are still on the scene at both extinguishing hotspots and securing the perimeters. The state opposition says a young person hurt during an incident at the Malmesbury Youth Justice Centre yesterday is unidentifiable after being assaulted. Police were called to the Central Victorian facility just after four yesterday afternoon to what's being described as a riot at the centre. The Minister for Youth Justice says some of the young people were transferred from the Malmesbury to Cherry Creek yesterday afternoon. A staff member has told the ABC the unrest was caused by inmates not wanting to be moved. Victorian residential builder Chatham Homes has entered voluntary liquidation, owing 200 creditors about $2 million. The company had 50 home builds underway across Ballarat, Melbourne and Torquay, and employed 16 staff. The liquidator says letters have been sent to clients and other builders are being contacted to finish client houses. For more news at any time, you can visit
1: abc.net.au forward slash news. Back to you, Warwick. Thanks, William. William Howard there with regional news headlines. We're about to go to the Bureau. More of your texts coming in, though. And after that, actually, we're off to the Elmore Field days. I was there this time last year, and you know what? It was wet. We didn't know what was going to happen when it came to flooding, but it was certainly wet. And here we are again. 12 months later and big rainfall event around the Elmore Field Days. I wonder how people out there are feeling. We will cross there and find out later on in the program. In response to the criticism of Gold Murray Water and their management of Lake Yildon that you heard from Ed Meggett earlier, a couple of interesting different views coming in. Frank says, we hear a lot about accountability in the football world, was but there is no accountability when it comes to government and departments. It's wrong says Frank, Uh, yet this one says, honestly, can you imagine the criticism Gold Murray water would get if the lake was dropped and then we got no rain, resulting in restrictions later in the season? They're doing their best they can in a changing climate, uh, says that text. And this one says water's not released because water is now bought and sold commodity via privatisation. The idea of release means there may be less of profit, hence uh, and every everyone being in the firing line, says uh, Brian. Oh, poor Mr Trout Farmer and anyone else in the firing line, says Brian on that text. Uh, Rainfall wise, 80 mils at Molka, uh, says Rod. 80, 45 millimetres at Malool. Great to finish crops on. Definitely finished off the hay. And 58 millimetres in Lakes Entrance since the rain started last week, says uh, Nick in Lakes Entrance as well. I'll get to more of your lovely the information on what it's doing. Keep that information coming as well. And look, as I go to Stephanie Miles at the Weather Bureau, here's one from Jeff, just like Casper earlier saying, hi, was full points to the Weather Bureau for their predictions and modelling for this weather event. Impressive, says Jeff, who calls himself the weather tragic. It's not every day you get a clap uh, from the Country out text line, Stephanie Miles, but there is uh, a, a message giving you credit there.
6: Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for passing that on too. I'm going to pass it on to the colleagues as well, because everyone here is working very hard, as you can imagine.
1: Uh, And people want to know really what's going on right now. What are we seeing around Victoria as this rain continues to fall?
6: Yeah, sure. So I guess uh, a couple of observations that we've had overnight and into this morning with the 24-hour rainfall totals, Mount Hotham getting about 198 millimetres and a lot of those eastern and northeastern parts of the state getting a lot of rainfall around there over the 100 mils. at that uh, amount at Mount Hotham actually broken the record for the October daily rainfall but there is a couple of sites around there that have uh, really reached those high falls and records as well. But look for the rest of today we have uh, you know quite a contrast on the satellite imagery at the moment. The western parts of the state quite cloudy and dry with the really heavy rainfall kind of continuing over those central and eastern ranges. Uh, but for the rest of the day you can expect the rain to really start to uh, contract eastwards probably from late this evening and around midnight. Uh, it's really been driven by that low that's deepening over the New South Wales and uh, Victorian border in the northeast at the moment. So really, uh, those heavy rainfall continuing in the eastern parts of the state for the rest of the afternoon. Now, into tomorrow, that low will start to deepen and move southeastward which means the rain will also start... Start to contract further towards the southeast uh, Gippsland area by tomorrow morning, so that's Thursday morning, and hopefully by Thursday afternoon, most of the state um, or most of the state will be quite dry in terms of that heavy rainfall, and we'll just really have some showers on and south of the ranges just continuing into the afternoon. So, for what's happening for the rest of the day, we've still got that heavy rainfall in the east, but uh, otherwise, hopefully by about Thursday afternoon and Friday, we've got mostly con- uh, calming conditions and a little bit more settled from then onwards. Uh, and in terms
1: of What do you, are you, your hydrologists and so forth expecting this further rainfall to add to the warnings that are already there?
6: Well, yeah, absolutely. They're definitely looking at them, you know, hour by hour. And as that rainfall continues to accumulate, they're going to be updating those flood warnings. So I'm sure a lot of people are aware that we have quite a lot of warnings at the moment for both minor, moderate and major flooding, the major flooding um, being at McAllister River. But no, absolutely, they'll definitely be updating those warnings uh, once uh, any of the thresholds are being met, if they do, into the afternoon.
1: And and as far as figures-wise, what are you expecting to fall from here?
6: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, the western parts of the state are quite dry, uh, anywhere, you know, about two millimetres or so. But it's as you move eastwards across the state in the central and eastern parts, probably only about up to millimeters for the central parts and then in the eastern ranges uh, anywhere between the 30 to 70 mils that we're expecting in that 24hour total and up to you know about 70 or 100 in those highest peaks but uh, you know we have had some fall this morning uh, and the rest of the afternoon you know up to about that 70 mil is what we're expecting for the rest of you know the next 12 hours up to about midnight tonight
1: so Lacola and Hotham and those sorts of areas are looking towards a 100 millimeters of, of more rain to fall.
6: In the highest ma- amounts that we're expecting, yeah, those really elevated peaks is what we're expecting uh, in the 24 hours for sure.
1: And, and just beyond then as the rain clears, I've got this text from, from Two Dogs, uh, which is a vineyard in Everton Upper. says 88 millimetres the past 24 hours, uh, 94 for the rain event at Everton Upper outside of Beechworth after a wet winter. But I'm more worried about forecast frosts on the weekend. So as, I suppose as we move beyond the rainfall, what's the risk of frost like?
6: Oh, that's a really good question. Uh, Look, afterwards with the drier conditions, those temperatures are really starting to drop uh, around Saturday morning, anywhere between the two to four degrees in our minimum temperatures and perhaps on Sunday too around the four degrees as well. So, yeah, anyone worried about the frost, please keep an eye on those forecasts out there because those temperatures are dropping a little bit and the stuff that's coming in behind this low is, uh, you know, feeling a lot colder than what we've had in the last week or two, that's for sure.
1: So colder morning, sunny days to come after the rain clears.
6: Oh, maybe not super sunny, but a bit cloudy. But, yeah, look, drier days ahead. And
1: uh, warnings-wise, you mentioned the floods. Is there anything else we need to be aware of?
6: Yeah, we've still got the severe weather warning out in the eastern parts of the state for the damaging wind gusts and the heavy rainfall. Apart from that, there's a couple of marine wind warnings out, so everyone out on the bays and on the coastal waters be careful out there too. And we also have a warning to sheep grazers over most of the state too, just in those cold southerlies behind a lot of the rainfall.
1: And, and Stephanie, just before we go, Rod wants to know what happened to the rain for uh, for the southwest of Victoria. They're saying missed out this time. Um, did? Did uh, the sort of weather off the coast push that rain further to the north or what happened there?
6: uh yep sorry about that in the southwest <laughs> um look unfortunately the way that that uh, system kind of oriented was more of a north west east orientation over the state so yeah a little bit in the southwest staying drier than the rest of the state although i will let you know there is a little bit of a weak trough moving through tomorrow so hopefully a couple of uh totals tomorrow uh in the southwest but yeah look not as much as the rest of the state sorry about that guys
1: uh anything else we need to know stephanie
6: so, all, just uh, hopefully everyone's staying safe out there and be careful on the roads and in the heavy rainfall if you're out in the east and, uh, yeah, just keep up to date with all of our warnings on our website and in the uh, on the app and the Vic Emergency Warning.
1: Will do. Stephanie, thank you. Stephanie Viles there, Senior Forecaster at the Bureau of Meteorology, taking you through uh, the weather situation there. I think Mark's on the line. Mark, where are you?
3: Uh, well, just outside Wangaratta. Near oh. the Warby Rangers,
1: Beautiful, beautiful Warby Rangers. How have you gone, rainfall-wise?
3: Uh, well, it's 73 for the whole event so far.
1: And uh, what's it doing at your place, mate?
3: Oh, it stopped raining about just around mid- midday, but I've now got a... We've gone from nothing to a about a 10-knot southeasterly wind.
1: Oh, so the wind's really kicked up for you there.
3: Yeah, yeah. It well, it's only doing about 10 knots at the moment. But it's, uh, it's gusty, but it may pick up.
1: And are you are you mustering at the moment, Mark? What can I hear in the background? The wind. Uh- and here a few sheep too, I think. Uh, well, there's a couple hundred, a few hundred here. Yeah. Uh,
3: so you know, not, they're not short of sheep. <laughs> but, uh, but I did notice that the fairy Martins must have known it was going to uh, rain because they've built their nests underneath the next door neighbour's veranda. There's about twenty or thirty nests
1: there. Oh, Ripper. <laughs> oh well, they know, don't they? Um, what does it mean? Uh, I suppose for the uh, for the the property and the sheep and and so forth there, and the operation there, getting this rain now, Mark. Well, we'll keep the
3: grass growing. That's good, and keeps the dams full. So you know we're setting ourselves up
1: for uh, summer. Oh well, good to talk to you. Thanks for the figures. Yeah, thank you, Mark. Uh, Mark, there, just outside of Wangaratta, the Warby Ranges. There, twenty-four millimetres for Buck and East. Nice soaking rain. Uh, we needed it. It's still raining too, says Julianne, with a big exclamation mark. Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> 11 millimetres in the gauge. I may need to engage four-wheel driving on the Capeway, says Stephen Bambra. I like that. Frank says, 116 millimetres of slow, beautiful, soaking rain in Hayfield. Feeling for people below Glen Maggie. Fingers crossed they can safely release enough to prevent major flooding below in the coming days. Uh, here, uh... Hear, here from Jeff. Good work, Bomb and Southern Rural Water doing their very best. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Mind the pun, says Frank in Hayfield as well. I'll read more of your texts as they keep coming. But I'll better go to Eden Hennon, and he's out at Elmer Field days so I'm very jealous of Eden, uh, but not jealous of her dodging all the puddles, I'd imagine, on that site as well. I wonder how it is looking today. Uh, Eden, where do we find you?
7: Was well, it certainly is very wet here. Uh, I'm at the Elmore Events Centre as part of the Elmore Field Days, it's got its 60th year in operation and had about 60 to 65 mils here overnight, so lots of wet areas. Uh, We've seen workers been pouring bark into a number of exhibitor sites just to uh, try and stop the puddles, but um, it hasn't stopped over a thousand exhibitors coming out with the latest machinery technology and. Uh, livestock handling equipment and all the latest in agriculture it's kind of hard to believe that just three weeks ago this was home to the flood village where a lot of displaced residents from last year's floods uh, from areas like rochester found this area to be home with a number of caravans here but that's all been removed in a matter of weeks um, here to talk about that more is Derek Shotton, the Pu- public relations officer as part of the events today welcome to the program thanks eden just three weeks ago, this was the flood village and now home to over a thousand exhibitors. It's pretty incredible what you've done in that short space of
8: time. Yeah, it, uh, it caused us a few anxious moments but uh, we were very conscious. We wanted to give the uh, Rochester residents as much time as they could uh, utilising our facilities before we needed to take the site back. So, um, you know, We would have loved to have had two or three months to prepare like we normally do but uh, we figured it was more important to back our neighbouring community so... Uh, yeah, we've we just made it happen
7: interesting the timing with so much rain on the ground here at the moment uh, and the reason for this flood village was to help residents uh you know get back on their feet after the flood so interesting that there's been so much rain during this weekend but it also has been quite welcome from farmers in the region
8: I oh, definitely so like another two weeks time we would have been cutting a lot of crops for hay instead of uh running a header over them so it, you won't find too many locals disappointed or, or grumbling about the rain.
7: And it certainly hasn't stopped the numbers coming in. I'm seeing quite a few come through the gate at the moment. Are you expecting big crowds today?
8: Yeah, given yesterday was a bit soft and you can't blame anyone, the, the weather wasn't conducive to walking around a field days yesterday. Um, the crowds are looking really good. I was out in the car park a couple of hours ago on a telly and unblocking a drain and the traffic was very solid coming in. So, yeah, looking really good and
7: uh, you've you been one of the members pouring some bark onto some exhibitor sites <laughs> today. Um, it hasn't stopped people coming through, and it seems to be, to be helping. There's some large puddles about, but it's drying up as you're doing that.
8: Yeah, look, the bark works well for us. It, it's, it soaks up a hell of a lot, and it, obviously you don't get the mud and stuff on your feet, so uh, uh, it's, it's not that bad. The, the, we have The ground being so dry, the mud hasn't been the issue. It's more just getting rid of that surface water.
7: And we might introduce here Scott Nichol, who's the president of the Elmore Field Days uh, today. Welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks, Eden. What, what's, what are you looking forward to this year?
9: Oh, look, it's good just to, um, to have everyone back on site again for you know for, the, for this year's 60th Field Day.
7: Uh, over 1,000 exhibitors. What can people look forward to?
9: Oh, look, it's pretty hard to pick a favourite. As you said before, there's everything from a combine to down to a lawnmower, anything in livestock handling, um, precision tech. There's a fair bit of precision technology actually on site this year, which is good to see. Um, you know that is 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 the future um, as we move forward in farming. um going to be more and more technology used.
7: Was the logistics hard with having you know caravans and a large group of people here just a mere three weeks ago to turning this into the large event it is today?
9: Yeah, look, everyone um, has put in a tremendous effort. It was um, quite concerning at points in time, but look, all our committee and all our volunteers have done a really good job, and our staff have done an awesome job just to get to where we are now. Um, you, you have a look around. The site is actually looking looking probably one of the best it's looked for years.
7: Has it affected the number of people coming this year, Derek?
8: Uh, yeah. How do you know? Like, you, we, until we get the, the three-day figures in, we really won't know. Like, um,
7: I mean, even just with exhibitors, purely getting the numbers uh, in with just su- such a short amount of time. No,
8: no. Look, they, most of the exhibitors book th- next week for next year. So, um, you know, we, we, the expressions of interest go out probably 80% of the exhibitors return each year um, we get a small amount that drop off, we get a small amount that amalgamate and then we, we have a, always got that waiting list of new people that want to come so um, yeah, there's, there's more an amalgamation of sites and changing of the s- types of sites but sh- volumes about the same
7: I think you were telling me this, is, this year become more of a traditional field day event rather than having you know, a lot of competitions and things just purely from the organisational point of view
8: yeah, look, we we did we elected not to do a special feature. We elected just to keep it basic this year, uh, and that was purely a selfishness on our part, that uh, with only three weeks to go, we needed to get the basics right. We didn't have time to be concentrating on other things. We've, we've got a special feature committee looking at options for the future, but this year it's just a good old traditional field host.
7: And, Scott, I remember during the COVID, peak COVID years, funding for this event was a huge problem for you guys. Where, where are things at, at with that now?
9: Yeah, look, it was. Um, as you can imagine, two years without running an actual event um, was quite quite um, painful for us. But, look, we ran last year and all, all going well this year. Um, we're, we're not going too bad.
7: Are things back to normal?
9: Oh, look, it's going to take some some time to get back to normal um as it, like i said before two years of no event is pretty hard to um just to carry but no look we're, we're on our way to getting back to some normality here. Yeah.
7: and what about just speaking to organisers and people exhibiting and, and attending today i mean this time last year things looked very different in this part of the world what 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 how are people recovering derek
8: i think it's the typical ag resilience it's it's no good feeling sorry for yourself you just get on with it and do it and the the exhibitors are the same um you know, no-one's going to stand there and, and hand, you, hand you a leg up. You've just got to make it happen. And uh, I think that the whole ag fraternity, whether it's farmers, whether it's be the service industries, whether it be the, the dealerships or the, the manufacturers, they're, they're all in it. We're all in it together. We're all in for the long haul. We've just got to help each other out.
7: And speaking of that recovery, I'm joined now uh by John Giffen. He's, you're a broadacre farmer nearby in Elmore. Welcome to the program.
8: Thanks for having
10: us here. Yeah, good.
7: Uh, what do you make of the recent rain overnight? 65 mils in this area. Was it the same on your property?
10: Yeah, well, I had 65 at home at Hunter and um, yeah, you probably see my smile across the radio <laughs> at this stage.
7: <laughs> so it definitely hasn't dampened the spirits being here today being quite a wet event. I think farmers are very happy with the timing.
10: Absolutely. We're right on the edge of losing yield potential in our grain crops, and this is just very timely. We haven't cut hay at home yet, so it's absolutely perfect timing.
7: Well, just hearing from Derek, if it had been a few more weeks, things might have looked quite different on your farm?
10: Yeah, if you go further north and west, they were really on the knife edge, they were really thinking about cutting cereal crops, but uh, just where I am at um, Hunter, there's a lot of clay-based soil, so it's actually holding reasonably well, but now at least we'll know the crops will fill to their potential.
7: Is this what all your neighbours are saying at the moment as well?
10: I haven't had time to talk to neighbours. I'm out here busy all the time at the moment.
7: Um, will you be back on the farm today? Were you spending the next few days at the this event?
10: I think there's a farm at home. Um, I haven't seen it for a week and a half because I'm flat out out here for this. Two two to three week period, but I think there's a farm a still ticking away at home. It'll <laughs> be there when I get back.
7: But as you can tell from the beaming smile you've had on since I've seen you here this morning, uh, you're looking forward to, to the months ahead now.
10: Absolutely, bring it on.
7: This time last year, things were looking quite different. Um, I guess here in Elmore, it wasn't so badly affected as perhaps areas up north, more towards Rochester. But what was it like for you?
10: Look, it got it was very wet before the field days last year and then we had the somewhere near 100 mil right across the area and I've probably lost personally about 100, sorry about 10% of my crop at home so not from flooding but just more from water laying yeah.
7: Did it make many nervous in the area with the incoming rain nearby or do you think it's, it's been welcomed overall by, by everyone?
10: You're talking this rain we've just had or yeah, last year? This yeah, this, th- this rain I'd say it's welcomed by all Yep. Probably Rochester residents are probably a little bit nervous, but this will not affect Rochester at all. You can you can take note of that one.
7: And just back to you, Derek, about the flood village and people leaving uh, You know, just a mere three weeks ago. How was that transition and are people getting back on their feet from what you've seen?
8: Oh, to be honest with you, I'm a bit like Johnny. If it, I've, I've got as far as Elmore, and that's as far as I've gone the last few weeks. But, um, look, the, the transition... Uh, we obviously dry-hired the site. We weren't running the village, but uh, ERV and the different support agencies seemed to run a pretty good show there. Um, there was there was a peaks occupancy rate and then it, it, it pe- petered off towards the ends, but um, that was always their plan. Um, you know, the... Like I said, I've got pretty strong ties up at Rochey, but I haven't been near the place for the last few weeks, so I'm not really sure. Well, you've
7: been (laughs) focusing on organising this big event, but we'll be doing an outside broadcast from there next week, so we'll find out more from there. But but also looking back um, at at the events today, you were speaking to me a little earlier about major labour shortages in the industry, and that being a big reason why many people want to come out today and talk to a lot of businesses about... uh, purchases, if they're going to purchase a $500,000 tractor, what, what they're buying and what kind of services they can get from that?
8: Yeah, look, I think that's where the the um, fraternity at the Field Days is probably changing a bit. We all jump on the internet, we all jump on socials, we, we look at the YouTube videos, we know what's coming, we know what machines have what features, but you still want to touch it and feel it, and you still want to eyeball the guy that's selling it to you. You still want to get a feel for have they got the right amount of mechanics? Do they have the service technicians? If I break down in the middle of harvest, am I going to wait two weeks or two hours? So there's that relationship, there's that trust. And, you know, putting my other hat on working for a dealership, that's where we see this few days. It's a marketing event. It's letting people see what we can do and see our, our capabilities. And a good second is, yes, we want to sell people stuff, but we want people to, to see what our capabilities are.
7: Are there enough? Mechanics
8: at the moment? No, no. We would happily take more if we could get them, and I'm sure every other dealership in the in the region would be the same. Um, for so long, and I think the school's got to take a lot lot of responsibility for this, it was a dirty word to be a tradesman, and um, you know, I'd challenge a lot of people that have done uni degrees to be making what's a good, especially uh, hay and harvest mechanic can make
7: speaking of that youth i'm joined here by clara holmberg now you've just been named the junior vice president of the elmore field days this year congratulations oh thanks eden tell me a little bit about your background you you come from a farming family as well
0: yeah i come from a farm just west of elmore um my father and grandfather and his father are all farmers yeah and how did you come to to
7: gain this position
0: Um, So my grandfather is a founding president on the field days and my father's on the committee and, yeah, I just joined in 2020 but I've missed the past three field days so this is my first actual field days on site, being on the committee, so, yeah. And what's attracted you to this role? Um, I don't know, just need more young people and sort of someone nominated me for the role so I thought, oh, why not?
7: (laughs) (laughs) What are you most looking forward to this year?
0: Um, just having a look around. I've been pretty flat out the last couple of days, like, moving stuff and putting bark chips out and,
7: yeah. Great. will we'll enjoy the, the field days. And Scott and Derek, you, you, you spoke a lot about needing a lot of that young blood coming through the industry, and obviously Clara is a representation of that.
9: Yeah, look, it is, it's great to see um, the younger generation coming through um, into leadership positions in committees like this. We generally... Historically, we haven't seen a lot of it. It's generally that... That 40 plus age group that have been on on committees running events like this, then it's it's really, we've actually got a number of um, young people under 30, probably got five or six young people under 30 on our committee, um, which are the next generation in this industry. So why not have them involved now and have some input of what our field days will look like in the future?
7: Well, that's a good way to end it there. And uh, I hope you enjoy the next few days and curious to see what happens in the years to come with the young blood coming through. Uh, well, as I said, there's over a thousand exhibitors, so lots to see and explore here today at the field days, and we'll be uh, playing some of that on the Country Hour over the coming days.
1: Thanks very much for that, uh, Eden Hennan and they're our reporter at uh, Elmore Field Days today, which is going on another wet Elmore Field Days. Uh, let's find out if some of this rain around and maybe even the forecast of some rain has lifted things at the livestock markets. Let's go there now. And we'll start today at Lean Gather Cattle with Brendan Fletcher. G'day Warwick, there were 610 more at 960
11: with the regular and group back and operating in a dearer market. Quality improved with a few more prime lots. Secondary young cattle sold up to 70 cents dearer. Bullocks gained 6 cents. Manufacturing steers lifted 15 to 25 and more in places. Cows sold mostly 20 to 35 cents dearer. Heavy bulls lifted 10. A handful of veal is sold from 140 to 268. Yearling trade steers two hundred thirty to two hundred sixty, heifers to the trade two hundred ten to two hundred thirty three. Ground steers and bullocks two hundred thirty six to two hundred eighty four. Heavy Frisian manufacturing steers one hundred thirty to two hundred two, crossbreds two hundred to two hundred sixty four. Most light and medium weight cows ninety two to one hundred fifty five, heavyweights one hundred thirty four to one hundred ninety four, heavy bulls two hundred six to two hundred sixty eight. This is Brendan Fletcher
1: reporting for MLA. Thanks, Brendan. Let's move on to the sheep and lamb markets now. They've been kicking a bit this week. Has that continued? Let's go to Hamilton first uh, with Chris Agnew. Take it away.
12: Thanks, Warwick. Hamilton agents yarded 2,150 lambs alongside 800 sheep at this week's market. The market was very strong for the lighter trade weights, 18 to 22 kilos, gaining $40 per head, while the heavier lambs were dearer by $25 per head. This could be attributed in part to good rains in the north, restricting delivery to some works. Very good trade, lambs 18 to 26 were realising between 400 and 510 cents a kilogram carcass weight. The top lambs making to $130. Sheep also sold to stronger demand, generally $10 per head dearer in places. Light 12 to 16 kg lambs, $28 to $81. Trade lambs, 18 to 22, 72 to 110. Medium weights, 22 to 26, 90 to 126. The heavy crossbred ewes this week's to 34. Merino ewes also making 34. And the Merino weathers made up to $45 per head. At Hamilton, this is Chris Agnew reporting for MLA.
1: Thanks, Chris. Let's go to Horsham and Graham Palmer. Take
11: it away, Graham. Good afternoon, everyone. Overall numbers were similar to last week, with 6,100 lambs and 2,250 sheep yarded. Young lambs selling $10 to $15 ed up on last week. Medium and heavy trade weight sold from $121 to $137. Heavy sold from $138 to $154. Old lambs made from $117 to $140 to also be dearer. Merino lambs range from $56 to $90. Restockers paid 26 to 36 for lightweights. For the larger buying group, sheep sold a stronger competition to be $5 to $10 a head dearer. Merino ewes made to 59, crossbred used to 48. The light trade weight lamb sold from 96 to 120 to average 540. The medium trade weight sold from 121 to 134, they've averaged 520. Export weight sold from 138 to 154 to average 510. Medium sheep sold from twenty six to thirty-eight, to average one thirty-five, hoggets to sixty-five, a single ram made to one dollar. I Been mean, growing pine at Horsham from
1: LA. Couple of rainfall texts to finish with here. Julie says just poured hundred and forty millimeters out of the rain gauge. Very grateful for the rain as the Rawson fire in Gippsland is not far away. Now the paddock is getting flooded and cattle have decent feed uh, through to the start of summer. Water tanks are also full, so no carting water in. Sounds good. Thanks for that, Julie. And Shannon says, 38 millimetres on Flinders Island to 9am. Tank was empty. Bushfire was out of control. And we had boatloads of stock booked in with many, many more stock that had no buyers. Should change a bit now. And we might even get a hay season. I was contemplating not joining heifers. Shannon, amazing information. Thank you for providing that. Thank you to all of you who texted the country out today. Sorry I didn't get to it all. Try and do better tomorrow. Have a great afternoon.